is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The beast empire has now arrived, my friends. Believe it or not, that which has been talked about for years and even centuries. The beast empire has now arrived. So has the mark of that empire. In fact, Bill Gates says he is changing the world through that mark. It's called by a new name now, the Digital Public Infrastructure, DPI. It's a buzzword for mandating digital ID and payments globally by 2030, and it's already in operation. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's a conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, And uh, hopefully that little introduction will get your attention because you need to listen to the entire program today. If you listen to the entire program today, not just bits and pieces, but the entire program today, you're going to learn something in a composite way that you are never going to hear anywhere in the news media. I don't care what news media you listen to. You will not hear it. But you will today, and we're going to tie Uh, connect the dots. We're going to tie things together in a way that will help you to understand the global nature of what is taking place and how serious it really is. The pressure is on. What will happen to you as the pressure increases? You see, there's power in pressure. There's power in pressure. And that's going to be the title of the chapter of my new book, When persecution comes, and you're going to see how persecution is coming, it's already here, it's coming in not just on little cat feet anymore, not just with the fog, but it's coming in roaring like a lion. So, you must stay tuned here today on Viewpoint, and if you are not able to listen to the entirety of today's program uh, by terrestrial radio or in any other means, go to the website saveus.org. SaveUs.org after the program this evening or tomorrow, and uh, it'll be up there for uh, months afterward. SaveUs.org, and you'll be able to listen to the program. For now, we shift. We shift from the mark of the beast that we'll talk about with great detail in the second half of the program. Now we shift to looking at the power of censorship, absolute control, over communications in America, and yes, indeed, throughout the Western world. I say the Western world because we already know that communications are shut down in many respects in countries like China and Russia. Vladimir Putin has silenced uh, Alexei Navalny and has now arrested his uh, attorney, wanting to silence anyone who has opposition to him. But what we don't realize is that the very same thing is happening in this country and throughout the Western world, the very area of the world that is the focus of the new world or global order. We begin by listening to the words of Laura Logan. I attempted to share those with you yesterday, and there was a problem with the recording. So the World Tribune has given us this piece Laura Logan slams censorship industry assassins. She calls it a blood sport. She says they know how to kill a journalist without murdering them. 
We call it cancel culture. And this very day, my friends, whether you realized it or not, this very day, a journalist, Steve Baker, was arrested and charged for just having appeared as a journalist taking pictures there on January 6th. He did nothing against the law, and yet he was perp-walked, handcuffed, and made into a public spectacle today. Why? Because the things he was report- he reported on did not align with the Biden anti-Trump narrative. And so he has to be silenced. He is silenced now through operation of law, under color of law, using the law as a vehicle of control, silencing, and destruction. Laura Logan now speaks. She is a veteran journalist. Uh, We don't have time to go through all of the accolades that lay out her curriculum vitae, her uh, uh, immense uh, activities throughout the world as a journalist, but we are going to hear her as she speaks yesterday to the forum that was gathered together by Senator Johnson in Washington, D.C. Senator Ron Johnson, the investigative journalist Laura Logan, excoriating the media companies, institutions, and journalism schools, which she says have failed all of us. That's putting it mildly. Here is Laura Logan. They either no longer care or that they lack the moral courage to be honest, including with themselves. I have worked at the highest levels of the media as a full-time correspondent for 60 Minutes, chief foreign correspondent for CBS News, chief foreign affairs correspondent for CBS News. That was my home for 16 years. And as a journalist, I have sat down with world leaders, mass murderers, and terrorists. And I have held people on both sides of the aisle accountable. I have seen suffering. And I have faced evil, and I have walked through the fires of hell on distant battlefields. I faced my own death at the hands of a mob of some 200 men in Egypt when I was gang-raped and sodomized and beaten almost to death while on assignment for 60 minutes. And yet for almost a decade, I have been targeted and falsely branded and accused of many things that I did not do. They have attacked my work, my character, my sanity, and my marriage. And I am not alone. We are many. And we will not give up, and we will not give in. To those who wish to censor the idea of free speech in America and all over the world. Media companies, institutions, and journalism schools have failed all of us. And for too long we have allowed nonprofit organizations to masquerade as nonpartisan media watchdogs, when in fact they are little more than highly paid political propagandists and assassins, whose entire reason for being is to crush anyone who stands in their way. 
and along with them the long-held and cherished ideas of free speech, free thinking, and free minds. This is a blood sport for them. Their political allies and their puppet masters. They know how to kill a journalist without murdering them. We call it cancel culture. In truth, it is a death sentence. We'll pick up with her after this break, my friends. You're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny, and we need to hear, you need to hear, what you're about to hear in the balance of today's program. I trust that will stir in your mind and your heart to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. What a joy it is to be able to join you here daily here on Viewpoint to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. Today we look more broadly. We not only look at what's happening in America, but we look at what's happening throughout the Western world. It is collectively becoming a very rapidly and actively anti-God system. One of the ways that they facilitate this is to cut off your ability, our ability, to understand the truth of what is happening in our world. That what's happening in the name of government, that what's happening in the name of medicine, that what's happening in the name of truth, what's happening in the name of law, and so on. All of these systems have been undermined misappropriated, and are in the process of being destroyed. Laura Logan has slammed this censorship industry as assassins, a blood sport for them. I have in my hands a report from ex-Senator Claire McCaskill from Missouri. She's carrying on her own agenda of censoring others to an extreme now. How? She's demanding that all newspapers stop any criticism or fact-checking of Joe Biden. We return to Laura Logan. And they get away with it because they have information dominance. Some are strong enough to survive, but only a few, like Glenn Greenwald, Tucker Carlson, Matt Taibbi, only a few, like them, are able to reach greater heights and thrive. These nonprofits that I'm talking about are part of a vast censorship network that includes government agencies. They use deception to mask their actions with lofty goals like preventing the spread of misinformation, disinformation, hate speech. They use phrases like protecting democracy. And make no mistake, Words matter. The media is collaborating with 
government agencies and operatives to censor and shape the information battlefield to justify certain actions. For example, when the President of the United States threatens the unvaccinated, saying our patience is wearing thin, and accuses them of putting communities at risk, his words are designed to justify hatred, censorship, and intimidation. And when the Vice President compares January 6 to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, it is a predicate to silence the opposition and justify the weaponization of the justice system. Again, we go to several other reports before we come back to Laura Logan, who is testifying, who is speaking at a forum conducted by Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin in Washington, D.C. Was it yesterday or the day before? Monday. It was Monday. This report comes today. A prominent Canadian doctor is soon to go on trial and face a lengthy prison sentence for speaking publicly about the damage he has witnessed to his patients who have received COVID mRNA shots. Dr. Charles Hoff goes on trial this March over allegations of professional conduct for discussing the risks associated with the injections. Hoff is accused of the thought crime of spreading misinformation. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, a World Economic Forum young global leader, is seeking to make an example of Hoff for revealing how the COVID jobs, uh, jabs really, are destroying lives. Dr. Hoff explains how the Canadian government is accusing him of spreading misinformation simply because he continues to go public about the COVID jab injuries that he is witnessing that destroy the lives of many of his patients. And if that is not enough, this report comes from the UK. Again, today, several doctors have come forward to blow the whistle with bombshell statements alleging they were ordered by the government in the UK to kill patients and list the cause of their deaths as COVID in order to boost fears about the virus becoming general public. The effort sought to create panic among populations in order to force compliance with lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and other tyrannical restrictions on public freedoms. Doctors revealed that they have been living in fear since the pandemic over their own role in the conspiracy but can no longer remain silent on one of the greatest crimes against humanity the world has ever seen, they said. One of the whistleblowers is a veteran pharmacist with more than three decades of experience working for the United Kingdom's taxpayer-funded National Health Service. Another, Graham Atkinson, also a pharmaceutical industry consultant, decided to quit the profession in October of 2021 after witnessing what his country's government was doing by ordering doctors to basically kill patients with drugs like midazolam, midazolam. He said, I watched while this happened and recalls about the horrors he saw with his own eyes. Just prior to the first lockdown in early March 2020, midazolam and other just-in-case drugs were being administered to end the lives of possibly infected patients on purpose. One of the key changes that Atkinson observed was what was called the NICE, N-I-C-E, 
NG-163 guideline, which was changed to allow for those who tested positive for COVID to, quote, die more comfortably, unquote, with, quote, a good death, unquote. The just-in-case drugs that UK doctors were told to administer to their COVID-infected patients were designed to reduce breathing and render the patient unconscious, and then there were drugs to reduce their anxiety before that. When used in tandem, these drugs, five drugs basically euthanized the patient, killing them in a so-called more peaceful way. It's going to progress, progress you rapidly towards your final days, they said. All of this, mind you, was based on the lie that there were no viable treatments for the novel disease, which the world would later learn is not the case. The COVID pandemic will likely go down in history, he said, as the worst covert genocide to ever occur. We go back to Laura Logan. We are already witnessing another shaping operation to influence the outcome of the 2024 election. This time with the false claim that if one side wins, it will be the end of democracy. This lie contrived to ensure a particular outcome and to sabotage free speech. We shift from that to this article that just came out yesterday. Activist judge formally orders state to interfere in the 2024 presidential election. Democrats in Colorado and Maine, fearing what another term for President Donald Trump would bring to their political agenda, have tried to remove him from the 2024 ballot. Now a judge in Illinois formally has ordered the state to interfere in the race, issuing a mandate to, quote, suppress votes for Trump. Are you beginning to get the picture? We return again to Laura Logan. Overseas taxpayer funds from hardworking Americans are being doled out by contractors under the Office of Transition Initiatives at USAID or the State Department Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights and Labor. These contractors many of them ideological zealots who are not even U.S. government officials, often make over a quarter million dollars a year and are outside the reach, Senator, of yourself and committees like this. They hand out taxpayer dollars to programs that are shaped by highly partisan NGOs who hide behind terms like interreligious dialogue when in fact they are funding Muslim schools that train Islamic terrorists, like they did in Malaysia. Another example is Humanist International. Through them, the State Department is funding atheism grants that actively cultivate an atheist advocacy network in Nepal. This is not just to attack religion and manipulate foreign politics. It is an attack on free speech, faith, and God. Oh, well then, how about this report that came today from Canada? Canada moves to criminalize Christianity. Canada's far-left government is moving to criminalize Christianity with Bible reading and prayer considered hate speech, a crime punishable with prison time. 
Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's World Economic Forum controlled government is planning to outlaw Christianity with the introduction of an amendment to the criminal code that could see believers face jail time for expressing historic Christian teachings. The legislation, called Bill C-367, will make it illegal to reiterate certain parts of the Bible, stripping away the good faith defense for what is deemed by the state as hate speech, or anti-Semitism. The proposed amendment aims to remove the provision that allows individuals to defend themselves by claiming they genuinely believe in and were merely expressing religious teaching already found in the scriptures. The bill actually states these words. The enactment amends the criminal code to eliminate as a defense against willful promotion of hatred or anti-Semitism The fact that a person in good faith expressed or attempted to establish by an argument, an opinion, or a religious subject, or an opinion based on a belief in a religious text. Dr. Joseph Boot, the president of the Ezra Institute, a Canadian-backed evangelical uh, think tank, said this, If ratified, Canada's anti-Christian legal apparatus created over the last decade will overtly persecute Christians with the force of criminal law. By the way, it already is, but now it's going to the nth degree to make sure that it happens. He said, everything is already in place. Buckle up. Buckle up, my friends. Buckle up, because it's not just the World Economic Forum touting globalism and the Great Reset. It's a Great Reset for the entire vision of West, the Western world, Western Europe, and America. It is indeed a new global empire. Coming together, it is the vision of Daniel's great Colossus, that the final great Roman Empire, different from all others, will come into role, into purpose, and into the governance of the world, and indeed, it's happening right in front of our eyes. We're only able to distill a small portion of this in today's program. If you want to get a bigger picture, you might want to go to my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Then on top of that, you might want to go to my most recent book, Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. Now, I'm going to make a special offer to you today concerning those two books. Because of the urgency of this moment and what you are hearing today, God's people need to understand the depths of what is taking place and why and how. Those two books combined are $44. I'm going to make them both available to you for $35 today. And there will only be, well, instead of $5 postage and handling for each book, it'll be $7 for the two books. That's probably less than what it will actually cost us to get the books to you. In order to get that special offer, you're going to have to call us or write to us. You will call 1-800-SAVE-USA. 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries. 
P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Again, the special offer is Antichrist and Messiah. $35 plus $7 postage and handling for the two books. Now, if you only want one of the books, just go to the website, saveus.org, and order them as they're set forth there. But I'm providing you with a very much discounted offer here to make sure that the maximum number of people are able to avail themselves of those two books. For those of you who have been participating in the persecution project, and I'm so grateful for those of you who have responded, go to the website, saveus.org, and you will see how you can do that. Quite a number now have responded. We're so grateful for that. We'll talk to you about it in the second half again. But stay tuned, friends. What you're about to hear is going to shock There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived, Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. The mark of the beast has arrived. The mark of the beast has arrived. The great beast empire foretold by the prophet Daniel, the last great empire of earth that looked like it was had disappeared back shortly after the time of Christ, was shifted over to the Roman Catholic Church led by the Bishop of Rome, The title of Pontifex Maximus was shifted from the Roman Emperor to the Bishop of Rome, a.k.a. that means also known as the Pope. All of the structures of ancient Rome and the Roman Empire were shifted to the Roman Curia. The titles, the colors, the practices were all shifted to the Roman Catholic Church under the papacy. In my books, Antichrist, Messiah, and also the previous book, King of the Mountain, you will find the details of how that happened. It's all very clear, and it's all stated by historians, both Christian and non-Christian. They all saw it the same way. And now, with the advent of three popes in a row calling for this new world government and new world order, we have it being put into practice, not theory, into practice 
by non-believing folk like Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft, one of the world's great billionaires. He says he's changing the world. And the way he's changing the world is through what is called digital public infrastructure, DPI. This article just came out today. Please listen very, very carefully. Billionaire globalist Bill Gates is demanding that governments around the world overrule the best interests of their citizens by mandating his global digital ID system. Now, before we go further, let me remind you that it was back in 2020, March of 2020, that Bill Gates filed a patent application with the U.S. government for this very tool, digital public infrastructure, whatever you want to call it, that would enable a world government to control every aspect of your life. Everything that you they know, could know about your medical condition, your emotional condition, your economic condition, and then also be able to control your access to funds, whether you could buy or sell, and on what conditions the government would allow you to buy or sell or conduct any kind of business. So as I continue to read from this article, and I'm only going to share some excerpts from this article that came out today, I trust that you will see the severity of the implications of this information. Bill Gates has been celebrating after India rolled out his sweeping digital ID system that locks citizens out of society if they refuse to sign up for the technology. Now remember, India is the most popular nation in the world. It has now exceeded China. In India, members of the general public now need to produce digitization of their identity before they can access online services, receive health care, interact with their own bank account, or even buy groceries. I'm going to leave a pregnant silence here for you to absorb what was just said. Maybe I should repeat it. In India, members of the general public now need to produce digitization of their identity, in other words, they're just a number, before they can access online services, receive health care, interact with their own bank account, or even buy groceries. Due to the widespread restriction imposed on those who refuse to comply, the nation, India, has seen a rapid uptake of the technology, which Gates argues signals a great success. In other words, the people are being forced through force or threat of force 
through economic control, deprivation, lack of health care, and so on. In other words, under color of law, they are being forced to accept what is truly the mark of the beast. Gates claims that he is changing the world with his digital ID and is now demanding that governments around the world mandate his digitization identification system to globalize the system. Well, apparently he already controls 1.6 billion people in India, or almost that many. What percentage of the 8 billion people on the planet is that? 20%? I guess he is changing the world. I guess it is tremendous success. Along, along well as unelected EU and UN officials, Gates refers to such systems as digital public infrastructure, DPI, which is a buzzword for mandating digital ID and payments globally by 2030. Now, friend. If you're honest and you're listening today, I want to ask you how far, how far down the pathway is 2030 from today? Six years max. Max. Gates expressed his admiration for India's willingness to push the massive biometric identity DPI component called ADHAR. That's A-A-D-H-A-A-R. That's what they call it there. ADHAR. A-A-D-H-A-A-R. He gloated that Indians have now been forced to use ADHAR to produce or process over 12 billion transactions so far. 12 billion transactions so far. And, as if that is not enough, the Microsoft co-founder has another passion, and that's agriculture. Did you know that Bill Gates has purchased up probably the largest landowner, single landowner in this country? He wants to control Food, he wants to control for the, on behalf of the world, for your good. He wants to control the ability to produce food and access to it. He made sure to note that he would be visiting a monitoring center in India where agriculture meets ADHAR, in other words, this digital system. The government there uses the center in Odisha that has a registry of 7.5 million farmers to give them, quote, real-time guidance, unquote. Now, why do the farmers need real-time guidance from their government? It's not about guidance, friends. It's about dictatorial control. That's what this is about. Gates went on to say officials can track. Keep track of who is growing what. In other words, they can determine whether or not you're going to grow a certain crop, 
how much you're going to grow, whether you're not able to grow it because you don't, you're not signed up for this system, the digital system. Last fall, the United Nations, excuse me, United National Development Program unveiled a campaign called 50 in 5. 50 in 5. That aims to help 50 countries design, launch, and scale components of their digital public infrastructure, DPI. In other words, Bill Gates' system. 50 countries. Meanwhile, Africa was singled out as a particular target for greater DPI development. And Gates is now expecting the governments of major Western nations, including the United States, to mandate his digital IDs for all citizens. Are you listening? I know many of you have thought that on this program, we were just kind of spitting in the wind, so to speak, for these years. It was fear-mongering. No, it's not been fear-mongering. It's faith-mongering, friends. What we've been trying to do is help people who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ to somehow come to grips with the hour in which we live. The very hour that Jesus and his apostles and the Apostle Paul warned us about in great detail that we should be prepared for. But we haven't been prepared. The majority of professing Christians are not even thinking about being prepared. Neither are their pastors. They're too busy about business as usual. And they don't get it. And the majority are not going to get it. But wait till I share with you what's coming in the next segment. It ties in with everything else that we've been talking about, including yesterday's program. Are you ready? We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. What is persecution? What would you say persecution is? Is persecution when uh, somebody says something that's not nice to you because you're a Christian? 
or they marginalize you at the office or somewhere else because uh, you don't buy into the uh, LGBTQ and all the other 25 or 50 or 100 designations after that. You don't buy into that. Well, those are forms of modest persecution. What would you call it when you're arrested and charged with crimes that aren't actually crimes, that they're made up because the government doesn't like what you're saying, because it's going against their agenda, and they're trying to control your ability to speak. What would you call that? Is that persecution? Of course it is. It's an elevated form of persecution. What would you call it if the government, your government, or the governments of the world adopt the DPI system that Bill Gates is already implementing in India that's already covered 20% of the world's population, mandating that every man, woman, and child be designated digitally and that through that digital identification, everything that can be known about you concerning your health, concerning your wealth, concerning your relationships, your heritage, all of it is incorporated in this little tiny digital application that is now part of your personage. In fact, it is your personage from now on. And unless you comply, you will not eat. You will not be able to get a car. You will not be able to own a house. You will not be able to rent an apartment. In other words, you won't be able to get health care. You won't be able to do anything. What would you call that? Would you call that persecution? This is going to drive the ultimate form of persecution, friends. This is exactly what the Bible warned about in Revelation chapter 13. And that's why I'm writing the book, When Persecution Comes. I believe the Holy Spirit inspired me to write this book. No, I'm not the, writing the Bible, but writing a book to plead with God's people throughout America and the world. You better get serious. Because things are happening in ways that you never, ever, ever, ever expected, and you're not prepared. The book is a demonstration, an expression of love and of mercy to help God's people understand and what to do in response, how to prepare. Now, the problem with such a book, as we've indicated, is that, well, it's not a subject that people really want to talk about, as you know. So how do we get the message out there as broadly as possible when the resources to do it are minimal? In fact, almost less than minimal. 
That's where we came up with the idea, and I believe the Holy Spirit dropped the idea into my mind right in the middle of a broadcast about a week ago. To give our listeners the opportunity to be participants, co-ministers, shall we say. God's hand extended, his mercy extended, to help become the distributors of this message. And here's what we offer. That for every person who will provide up front $250, we will, when the book comes out, hopefully around August, we will provide 10 copies of this book, which is probably going to come out to be about $25 each. <clears throat> it's not a, not a skinny little book. It's a significant book. And we'll provide that to you. You're not buying books. What you're doing is contributing to a ministry to get out a, a message of wooing and warning and preparation to the broadest possible audience. You're becoming God's hand extended, shall we say. And when that time comes, we'll provide 10 books to you, and you will give them out to those that the Lord moves upon your heart to give them, whether it be a pastor, a parachurch leader, a relative, a friend, a business associate, whatever. That's up to you. For every $250 increment, we will provide another 10 copies of the book. I'm so grateful. I believe that we did and hear, hear from the Lord in this regard because there have been quite a number of people who have responded. And they feel privileged to be part of such an endeavor. Here's how you can do it. You can either call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or you can write to us, and whatever amount of the check you want to write in $250 increments, just designate for the persecution project. Or you can go to the website, saveus.org, and do it there. There's a special segment there where you can do that. All right, I don't want to mention that anymore. I want to go forward here. To tell you where things stand now, Bill Gates is in it again. The same man who wants to give us the mark of the beast already in operation has a new form of self-spreading mRNA vaccines that he's developed that are going to allow governments to vaccinate the entire populations of their countries without the need for injections or individual consent. Whoa! This new technology, which was developed by Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates and his various organizations, is now, he says, ready to deploy to the public. Investigative journal, uh, investigative reporter Jeffrey Jackson brought the alarming reality to light. He explains that Gates' new technology means the ability to vaccinate the entire world without injecting large amounts of the population upon us. He says it would be naive to think 
that global health authorities would push for its use in the event of another global health crisis. That they wouldn't push for it, rather. The only thing stopping the mass use of this technology is the pesky thing known as informed consent. The whole idea behind self-spreading vaccines is largely grounded in circumventing informed consent. Scientists like to refer to members of the general public consenting to vaccines as behavioral barriers. Behavioral barriers, so they put another label on it. How do we get over the barrier of informed consent? In a study from November, the Department of Health stated that self-spreading techniques could eliminate vaccine delay. So now they have a, a justification. We don't have to wait for people to receive it. We'll just do it to them. The U.S. military and DARPA have also been searching, researching self-spreading vaccines before Gates finally brought the technology to the market. If a self-spreading vaccine mutates in an unforeseen way, like what happened with the Wuhan situation, it could potentially pose grave risk for the entire population of the world. Attorney Aaron Siri issued a warning about self-spreading vaccines soon uh, being deployed to the public. Notice the words, soon being deployed to the public. He said, with this product, the whole idea is they release it to basically one person, and it spreads to every single person on the globe. So if they mess up just one time, just once, they can mess up the entire world, he said, Now, that's not very good attorney talk, but you get the point. He said, here they're going to release a product where you're going to have no choice, effectively, but to take it. And this is the ultimate crushing of individual and civil rights. Wow. Wow. And Laura Logan didn't even know about this. I wonder what she has to say now. While propaganda and censorship are not new, technology means unprecedented power and reach in the hands of a few. Companies like Facebook, Instagram, and Google, as you have heard many times today, have been allowed to amass monopoly power. And as a result, they not only reach billions of people across the world, Every second of the day, they have absolute control over what we see and what we hear. Right. That's what's happening. Losing any personal freedom, any personal control. You see, personal freedom means personal control, that you have a choice. But what we've revealed here today is that choice is being removed as an option. That, my friends, is why we need God's people professing Christians and their pastors in reality. Every pastor in America this weekend should preach Revelation 13 and 14, 
should begin the process, should be shaken to the very foundations of their soul and of their ministries to prepare their people, those who are trusting their spiritual leadership to prepare them for the dramatic times of persecution that are coming rapidly. This is not fear-mongering, friends. This is telling you the truth so that you, by God's mercy and through his grace, can be prepared to be able to stand in the evil day. And that, my friends, is the reason why I'm putting such attention, prayerfully and even tearfully, into this new book, When Persecution Comes. Preparing for the perilous times ahead. I hope you'll help us with it. It's not just a matter of printing a book. That's expensive. It's more expensive now than ever. Have you noticed the price of books going up the last several years? Yes. But then there's a get the message out. Whether you want to call it PR, whatever you want to call it, public relations, it's getting the message out. How do you do that? Sometimes you just have to leap over the walls that exist there. You have to find ways to leap over the walls. And all of it costs money. And that's why we've opened the door for you to join us in that effort. We make no money out of it. Zero. It's pure ministry. Pure ministry. No money comes to yours truly. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. You might want to have other friends, relatives, and so on listen to today's program. Direct them to the website, saveus.org. Have them listen to the program that will be up there probably this evening and for months thereafter. And get a copy of those books, Antichrist, Messiah, and yes, even King of the Mountain. God bless. Be a blessing. Let's stand firm and bow with truth. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.